Hello and welcome to Bought at a Price podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Our mission is to take you on a redemptive journey towards understanding the way that God views your body, your lifestyle, and your role in His kingdom. We are committed to bringing you solid biblical wisdom combined with practical science-backed lifestyle tips and information to help you care for yourself spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Thank you for joining us. Have you ever wondered about fasting food for God? If you have, we're going to be answering a lot of fasting and food questions today. Questions like, what does the Bible say about fasting? What can you eat when fasting? Can you even eat when fasting? There's a lot of questions around doing food fasts, and they can be hard to figure out. I'd really love it if the Bible gave us answers the way that Google search does, but no. We well know if we've been following the Lord for any length of time, that's not God's way. When you look in the Bible, you'll find it a lot is said about fasting, just not exactly the kind of answers that we typically want. You know, those really exact, specific details. And guess what? Fasting of all types, it's not even commanded in Scripture. So if that's the case, why do Christians fast if God didn't command it? Well, fasting may not be commanded in Scripture, but the words that God uses in his word reveal that fasting, it's highly encouraged. More on that in a bit, though. Today, we're going to talk about the what, where, when, why, and how-tos of fasting. And prayerfully, this should help answer questions that you have about drawing closer to God by fasting food. So why should Christians fast? One answer to the why Christians should fast question is because of what we see Jesus saying and doing. Immediately after Jesus was baptized, he was actually led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness for a 40-day fast. And during this time, Jesus went without all forms of food. And while doing a fast like this is possible, most of us don't need to undergo such a rigorous fast. And a little side note, a 40-day fast does require medical supervision in most cases and that you're very, very healthy. But the reason for Jesus' fast, he did this because he was draw- withdrawing from things of the world, and he was entering into a season of deep communion with God. And these two reasons for fasting still hold true for why we, as Christians, should fast. But there are also some other reasons we should fast. In both the Old and New Testament, we see people fasting in repentance, in response to deep loss, and to proactively seek guidance. Since there's so many reasons why we should fast, 
the first step when you're thinking about fasting is determining your why. Are you wanting to step away from things of the world, things that might be separating you from God? Is repenting of personal sins or, in a more global, people of God way, the reason that you're wanting to fast? Or has something grieved you or happened that you know grieves God? Are you fasting because you need to hear from God or need His guidance? It's even okay to fast for more than one reason at a time. So, if you're thinking about doing a food fast, the first thing you need to determine is why. Why are you wanting to fast? The next thing I wanted to cover is when Christians should fast. The why and the when, they are kind of almost the same thing. And this is because when you fast could be any time the whys we just talked about happen. In Matthew 9.15, Jesus tells us, though, when we should fast. He says, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. The bridegroom in this passage is Jesus. And since Jesus is no longer with us and we're awaiting his return, our when is now. But nowhere in scripture does it say that we have to fast every single time the whys happen. So when should a Christian fast? Anytime the Holy Spirit prompts you to. So now let's explore some of what we should fast. The thing about food fasts is that there are a million ways to do one, but there's two main things that you need to determine, what you'll fast and how long you'll fast. The what you fast can involve fasting one food, fasting all food, or fasting anything in between. All that matters is that the foods you're fasting lead you to fix your mind on God. The how long you fast question is just as varied as what you fast. You'll find people fasting anywhere from one meal a day to fasting all meals for 40 days. But the most common form of fasting entails fasting all food for one or more days if it's medically safe. So no matter what or how, all forms of fasting should remind you to seek God when the hunger pangs arise. That's why you fast food, so that the absence of that food causes you to long for God and to remind you of why you're fasting. There's really, though, no hard and fast rules about the whys and the whens and the whats and the hows of doing a food fast for Christians. And the foods that Christians should fast, that, as with everything else, is really between you and God.
So you've got to pray about doing a food fast and listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you. Because God will show you, God will reveal to your heart why he wants you to fast, what he wants you to fast, when he wants you to fast, how long he wants you to fast, and he'll show you what foods he wants you to fast. There's a lot to consider when doing a food fast. So please, like I said, bring these things to the Lord in prayer and make your fasting decisions based on what you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you to do. Once you've determined why you're going to fast, what you'll fast, and how long you'll fast, you're ready for the how-to fast steps. There's two things to keep in mind with these steps. First, these steps apply to food fasts where your normal food intake will be significantly altered. Second, these steps only speak to the food aspect of fasting, not the spiritual. So before your fast, are you healthy? If you're in overall good health, doing a food fast shouldn't be a big deal. But if you have any chronic diseases or health conditions, talk with your doctor first. Also, if you're taking prescription medications, you'll want to ensure that it's okay to take them while fasting. I'm also going to include in the show notes a list of people who shouldn't fast. Two, before you fast, start eating smaller meals. If you're going to be fasting for more than a day, you want to begin reducing the amount of food you eat three to five days before your actual fast begins. These smaller meals will prepare your mind and body for the upcoming reduction in calories. Three, go vegan. If your fast is going to last for several days, transition to a plant-based diet the week prior to your fast. And There's a link in the show notes that explains a plant-based diet for you. This is going to help curve cravings that might arise during your fast while also providing your body a lot of the nutrients that it needs. And last, before you fast, caffeine and sugar. If these are a regular part of your diet, begin weaning yourself off of these seven days before your fast begins. This will help prevent caffeine headaches, sugar cravings from happening when your fast starts. Now, steps for during your fast. One, drink a lot of water. No matter what kind of fast you're doing, you need to drink a lot water. This is going to help fill your stomach, flush out released toxins from your body, and it's going to keep you alive. Water is the one thing that your body cannot live without. Two, liquid fasts. If you're doing a food fast but allowing yourself liquids, you want to drink clear bras and juices. Fruit juices that are okay on these fasts would be things like blended up watermelon and apple, or a blend of celery, carrot, and romaine lettuce makes a good vegetable juice for fasting. If you don't have a juicer, find a comparable green juice at the store. You want to keep things like 
protein and fats out of the juices and broths that you're drinking on a liquid-only fast. Three, during your fast, avoid caffeine. When you're doing your complete food fast, even though you're drinking water, you want to avoid all caffeinated products. And this is because their effect on your nervous system could be much stronger when you're not eating. Four, activity. How much your physical activity will need tweaking depends on how long and what you'll be fasting. If you're doing a juice fast, then walking a couple miles per day should be fine. But doing an extended water-only fast may require medical supervision if you're wanting to also continue exercising. Shorter fasts that don't involve fasting from all food may or may not impact your ability to exercise. It's really unique to you. Now some steps for after your fast. This is the most important part of doing a fast, so pay attention to these steps. When you fast, especially longer fasts, your stomach shrinks and your intestines become idle. And if your fast resulted in you eating less food than normal, this is going to happen to you in some degree. So when your fast is over, it's important to slowly reacquaint your body with food. So these next steps I'm going to talk about are actually for fasts that last longer than seven days. Day one, if you did a water-only fast, break your fast with clear broth, apple juice, or green juice. Sip on these throughout the day to get your stomach ready for food. On day two, have vegetable-only salads dressed with freshly squeezed lemon, lime, or orange juice, a bowl of steamed greens, and one to two slices of dry toast. Eat this over the course of the day. If you did a juice fast, then break your fast with the day two step. On day three, eat the same thing as on day two, but add a piece of fruit to the day. Days four through seven, continue eating fresh or steamed vegetables, dry toast, and that piece of fruit, and eat it throughout the day allowing your stomach and intestines to adjust to food again. And this also allows your system to pull in the nutrients that it needs from these foods. Days 8 through 13, now is when, for these longer fasts, that you begin adding fats, proteins, and carbohydrates and grains back into your diet. But you need to do this slowly and one at a time. Add small amounts of these foods back into your meals. So on one day, you might add some grains back, have a small bowl of oatmeal in the morning, or one day you might have an egg for breakfast. Do it slowly and a little bit at a time so that you can see how your body adjusts. The longer you fast, the longer this process is going to take. And activity. 
Just like with food, you want to slowly add exercise back into your routine. Pay attention to your energy levels and don't push yourself. The longer your fast was, the longer it may take to get back to your usual exercise routines. The how-to for the spiritual side of fasting is something for another. Oh, hold on. So it's something for another episode. If you'd like to study more about what God says about fasting, consider reading Isaiah 58 and Matthew 6, verses 16 through 18. These passages speak to the spiritual side of fasting food. Sorry about that. I thought that the male lady had already gone by. I guess she hadn't. So, back to fasting. When we fast, we're emptying ourselves and asking God to fill us up and satisfy our hunger. Our hunger becomes a purposeful and intentional reminder to seek God, not the food that our body's hungry for. But there's more to fasting than being hungry and emptying ourselves. Fasting is also about recognizing that we're neither of those things. Why? Because God has already met our deepest hunger and all our needs. If you would like to learn more about hungering and thirsting for God, Check out Sarah's podcast episodes in the show notes. You do not want to miss the words that God gave her in those. So will you hunger and thirst for God and God alone? If you're still wondering about doing a food fast, consider what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 16 and 17. In these verses, Jesus said, when you fast twice. So despite there being no command to fast, Jesus makes it clear, fasting's expected. The question is, when will you fast? Until next time, remember what it says in Isaiah 58, verses 6 through 11. Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then you sh- your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Until next time, God bless.